Hello, folks, and welcome to another episode of the Chainbytes 360 podcast, the podcast about everything from cryptocurrency and underlying technologies to current news in the industry. I'm Jeremy Snyder, CEO of BTM Compliance, joined by Eric Grill, the CEO of Chainbytes. All over again, like, what is the point of using a blockchain if you just, if all of these people want to use these siloed versions? Well, that's what they're comfortable with, right? Because they want to control it. No, that's right. But that's, that means that they don't need blockchain. If you're just going to do it within your organization, just make a dope database and give certain entities within your organization structure the access to it. Like, it's far more efficient. It's a lot faster. Like, you're not going to have to deal with the headaches of dealing with, quote unquote, blockchain developers. It's, um, and another thing I learned is because we were building this kind of stuff, of course, now all of a sudden I'm the subject matter expert on um, using blockchain for accounts receivables or for open assets, open trade assets. I speak at this one event and I'm telling the people about, oh, this is the, the joy of blockchain. You can make things more efficient between two entities that don't necessarily trust one another. The whole nine. I finished the conversation and this is the, I mean, the, the largest uh, global trade bank heads in the world, like literally in the world in this room. I leave out. One guy comes to me. He's, he runs one of the biggest global uh, trade banks in Europe. And I'm not going to say his name, but I'll say who he said. He comes up to me, goes, hey, I saw your presentation. Really, really, really nice. And he goes, but I have a question. He was like, I know you were saying that if we work, if we work on this blockchain thing, that each one of these entities, we all can see each other's trades and work with each other and make everything more efficient for one another. He said, and he said, so what about Citibank? And I go, yeah, like if you guys are in a, in a, a trade with, City allows you guys to settle faster. You don't have three days and four days of settlement. This stuff settles atomically. I'm going through all of that. Then he looks at me and goes, but we want to kill Citibank. <laughs> and that's when I go, hmm, think about it. He doesn't want Citibank to have his information. Right? He doesn't I want Citibank to see what his trades are and be able to front run what he's he doesn't want that. So then what I started to think is a lot of these entities that say they want blockchain solutions, quote unquote, don't really want blockchain solutions. They just like the whole name behind it. Right. It puts some money on the balance sheet because they're not going to want it until they have to want it. Right. But- yeah. But I, but my thing is, is what I woke up and said, like, Lamar, why am I thinking about this less than any other tool or database or anything? Right. You use the tool for the job. I'm not going to take a hammer and eat salad with it. <laughs> like I could, right? No, but sometimes it doesn't make sense. Like, yeah, some of the things I get proposed sometimes are like, what? That doesn't make sense. Just just use a database. Like that, what are you trying to do? You're not trying to, there's no trusted third party. That's just, you're, you just want to store data and okay, but do it efficiently then. I mean, unless there's, you want to disseminate it to a large audience and make sure that it's censorship resistant. No, none of that. Just want to call it blockchain. <laughs> exactly <laughs> Eric exactly <laughs> exactly and I can't I can't say it enough because there are more marketers than there are technologists in this in this space only into the buzzwords. there are more people telling you what you can do with it and they're only into the buzzwords but you know that if a developer has a hammer in his hand and he's eating salad he's going to use that hammer to eat his salad right <laughs> good analogy though good analogy. <laughs> that is so true yeah, if they're a C sharp developer, everything has to be done in C sharp. It's Microsoft all the way. But you know, go to the talk to the next developers. A Java developer is going to tell you that guy's crazy, and the only way to do it is this way. And uh, you know, that's that's their hammer, and the you know that guy's got a spoon. So we'll see. So what did you do with that? And so 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 after you figured this out, what did you do? Where did you go? What did you? Uh, 
How did you pivot? Yeah, so so after that, right, like there really wasn't a pivot into that space more than me just continue to educate. Um, so what I did, I started working on a hemp company, um, which I still have the hemp company that we're working on. It's, a, it's really not my hemp company. It's like a network. Again, it's that cooperative uh, thinking, all of that. So we built a hemp company, and I just continue to keep educating on Bitcoin um, because I started to realize like a lot of these things like from the standpoint of me making smart contracts and all of that, I can program anybody under the table. I know this stuff like the back of my hand, but a lot of the solutions that people are coming up, they are looking for problems. They're not a solution to a problem. There are solutions looking for problems. And to me, that's not exciting. Like I want to solve real problems. So like, you know what I mean? Like it's not just about marketing and trying to make as much money as I can off of the backs of people. No, I was going to ask you if you created a DAO out of any of these things that you were doing, because it sounds like a lot of these things are organization, structural-based uh, community. Yeah, yeah. So I have not created a DAO at all. Let me, let me explain why. I don't think there's a huge benefit. None. Because None. when you start talking about these organizations, I'm like, what's the point of creating it into a smart contract type of situation when you're going to have bylaws and everything else and... Uh, you know, arbitration or whatever has to happen, mediation that happens between people, all that's going to happen off chain. And if you try to make it on chain, it still doesn't make sense to me because what's the point of doing that when most of this stuff is going to be handled in court if it really goes down, right? It's like, well, you're not gonna, the, the, yeah. The, yeah. the chain is, that's all it's doing is automating the control of where the money goes. So you're a very pragmatic programmer is, is what I'm hearing. Yeah, because all of this stuff doesn't, like, it's like VIPs trying to move up the l corporate ladder, and so they just see a buzzword, and they're like, oh, let's attribute this to something, so that we can try to, because we know more about this than our, our colleague, but that doesn't, just because you can do something doesn't mean you should do something, and I think that's what we miss a lot. Um, when I you mean, start looking I, at what's I, going on out here in the space. Why aren't there a lot of good development tools in Bitcoin? Because there was no money in it, right? It was easier to just go off and create something in Ethereum or a token where you could raise money ahead of time and all this stuff. There wasn't money in actually building a product that was successful that people used. Ah, eh, skip that part. We just want to raise the money up front. And and that's why, right? There's What, what do we have? RSK, you know, colored coins or, and whatever they became. And there's a few other things that actually use Bitcoin in, in a smart contracting way. But there's not a lot, right? Why? Why, why do you think that is? The crazy part is, is the VCs, they they pulled the wool over everyone's ass because they figured out this is a way for me to get liquidity a lot faster than any other way that I've ever seen in the startup game. Because normally, there's not liquidity in a startup. They usually lose almost all of their money. But now you're giving me a system where I can buy into the startup. They can release some tokens to the, to the public. I get the tokens for nothing. Then I turn around and sell the tokens get most of the majority of my money back, even maybe even make a profit, and I still own 20% of the company. It's a no-brainer. So guess what? I'm going to put all of my efforts towards selling tokens. <laughs> I'm gonna, Listen, I'm going to put money into every single company that comes in the door that is selling tokens because I know I can have a liquidity event a lot faster. And it, here's the crazy part. It won't even look like a liquidity event, right? Because I still own the company. So if the company itself does blow up, I've already got my money out, and so I'm all I have is upside. Yep. And so when the VCs find that, that's where they're going to put the money. They're not going to put the money into a uh, <laughs> into some kind of technology that 
you still not going to know if it's going to work. Yeah, it has to succeed for you to make money. This like, no, I just have to have great marketing. And that's the reason why people don't understand. VCs just put the money behind the marketing, sell the token, get the token back. They they got their money. And now, now you just have a space where there's a bunch of people who feel like they got rugged, but they don't realize they got rugged by huge VCs. Well, I think the whole community got rugged, right? Because again, we're, we're still talking about building Bitcoin tools 10 years later. And, and we look around and we have all these other things being developed and we're being like left in the dust. And why? There's no, I don't see the money going there to build it. And, and, and like what you just said, it's just much easier to, hey, throw, throw a token on Ethereum, make some money, run away, do it again, rinse and repeat across the board. Um, but we're trying to build an infrastructure, right? So these things need to be built out. And if nobody's doing it, uh, that's, that's going to become more and more problematic. How do, how do we reach them? How do we reach developers? Maybe I'd, I'd love to hear that. What do you think? Um, I think we have to, first of all, the developers that are really doing cool stuff on Bitcoin are working on Lightning stuff right now. I think yeah. Taro yeah. Um, is something that's going to be really cool. I think Lightning itself is fixing that, working on that. I think that's really cool. Um, the color coins and assets on the on the first layer, like I think it just has to be something that is cool and exciting. I hate to say it, but the truth is is that you'll have more developers if you figured out a way to do the same type of types of things Ethereum did by just letting developers run off with money, which is stupid. It just it fights it fights for me, it fights every principle within me, brother. Yeah. Like it's like it's it's crazy. It's like what do you expect them to do? You just give them a pile of money. <laughs> Yeah, and no easy way to get developers to do it. You have to have people that have a certain principle structure that just want to see change in the world, man. And that's just, you know, that's a lot smaller than people that are just trying to make money to get a Lambo. Yeah, so we, we, did, a, we did a coffee project just, just recently. Um, we tried to use Lightning, but there's no statefulness in, in Lightning, so we weren't able to use that. We used light, uh, Liquid and kind of forked that off and, and tried to use that. But at the end of the day, we couldn't do it, and so we went to Ethereum. And, and use it in Ethereum, and, and we got it working in a relatively short period of time. And, and honestly, it pissed me off that we don't have the tools to, to do that. So um, I wanted to do it in Bitcoin, but it was, it was just too hard. Well, so people ask, like, what do you think of the, the price of Ethereum? I was like, it should be one cent. It should be as cheap as possible. The utility should be cheap for me to send from here to there. If it's not cheap, I'm not going to use it, because why would I build a system that's expensive when this one over here is not going to cost anything? So... What, do you, what have you got that, that that's valuable? Nothing? Well, I'm going over here. Sorry. Have fun with your $1,500, $2,000 gas fee to send a transaction. Are you insane? I'm not, I'm not dealing with this. And, and the unexpected, you know, it's just it, the model is, is bad. And people are like, oh, it should be going to 2000 Why? Why? Because you're going to use it as a store of value? Isn't, that is not its use case. That's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> I've been getting beaten up all over the place over the years for the same things. <laughs> right. That's ex both of us have. That's what I was going to say. I get beat up. Like we, we are getting beat up in pods. We need to start building the Avengers. Like they're picking us off. Yeah, man. I'm like, gosh, I've been saying this so much and people give me such a hard time about it. But I'm like, as a developer, you see this, you know what it is. And if you understand economics, it just doesn't make sense. Right. It doesn't it doesn't make any sense. And they're like, well, no, Lamar, no, you no. don't know everything. You're old and you're not thinking <laughs> yep, yep. about it. So we did that first wedding on the on the blockchain back in twenty fourteen at Disney. 
And it was just show people, like, there's something else going on here. Forget about the price of Bitcoin, because that's everybody wants to focus on that. I want you to think about what else is going on there. Why is the price going up? Because the utility is there. And, and um, so wedding, putting, putting information on the block. Yeah, you can put your wedding vows on the blockchain. Yes, you can use the, the Bitcoin for more than just, you know, moving it as money and, and value. So, yeah. I, built, I built this thing called, I don't know if it's still up, Love Will. Um, it's the idea of basically creating like a decentralized network in the ocean, the same way they do it in the in the uh, sky for satellites. But I put that I, I called it a uh, Bitcoin patent. So I put that idea in an op return, so that you could always see it. Trademark it like, on the blockchain. See, that was my idea on the Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it's like the exactly that's what I'm saying. Like we did that op return stuff, and I'm like, even in that environment. I didn't do that a lot more because I was like, it's like I don't want to bloat the I don't want to bloat the Bitcoin blockchain. But that's what I was saying to Jeremy before you got back. I was like, I think what's going on with Lightning, you can now build those types of systems, those types of decentralized systems alongside of Lightning, because now people are incentivized to have nodes. So you have these. That's the only problem with distributed systems is that you are decentralized system. You have to have an incentive for people to run the node, otherwise they'll just turn it off and your network will go down. That's right. Well, the problem the problem with lightning is it doesn't store any of the information right so you do all these transactions in here but at the end of the day it just settles up on bitcoin none of that history is there so you don't get like that immutability like um to store your wedding vows or to put extra data in there yeah no what i'm saying is it's built on the same machine right because this already used the network's gonna be oh right add another layer in there yep yeah, on the same machine, build these decentralized applications on that machine and utilize the fact that they're always connected to make sure that those all connect as well. That's what I was talking to Jeremy about. It's alongside yep. of... Um, yeah, Umbral. Umbral has a lot of the lightning applications, chat applications, all that stuff built into your node. So you're also a full node, but you're also doing these other other sort of IPFS, a couple of other things in it. It's pretty pretty interesting. That's an interesting project. And that's like what I'm saying. If we, if we keep thinking that way... The true decentralized applications can be on top of a lightning. And that's why I said, instead of building on on Bitcoin, build for Bitcoin. So right. could you imagine your application you utilizing the fact that they're on the same machine, on the same metal, basically connecting to that and becoming the payment layer for application that you have. You're just yep. triggering those things on the same machine. So that app is running automated and it's like, okay, pay this out or what up, receive this or send out invoice. And then the other machines, because if you go and look at what, what's on Lovewell, it's L-O-V-E-W-H-A-L-E.com. I think it's still up. Um, that was the whole idea, is that, to make humans and robots kind of the same in this network. So that when things were making transactions, you could automate some of them with the robots, and the humans could actually get in there and pay certain things. And those, you know, like create it like that. So those are the kind of ideas I've always had. So now with the incentive of the Lightning Network to keep it up, it's like I want to start trying to build some of that stuff out, right? Like build these systems out that allow IoT and you as a human to kind of interact. Um, so, and there's a book called Machines of Loving Grace that kind of like brings some of those ideas into fruition as well. You know what I mean? So, or did you start building it? Or, how, or you're, you're just I started messing up. I, so, I started messing around with Lightning Network last year, and then I got sick. 